It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Cougars, this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. An interview coming up on today's show. You're going to hear from BYU star swimmer Josue Dominguez, a guy who had uh, already qualified for the 2020 Olympic Games in Japan, had previously put Olympic hopes and dreams to the side to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You'll hear him talk about his decision uh, to forego the 2016 Games in favor of 2020 and then the disappointment of having those Olympic Games in Japan postponed by a year. So a lot to get to in that regard. Also talking some BYU football and basketball with some news regarding transfers. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. This show is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto around the, these parts is your team every day. And in, that, in this case, that means the BYU Cougars. And without rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars Podcast for April 10th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. A lot to get to on a Friday, so if you're new to the show, welcome on in. Hopefully you guys find it to be of worth to you, you enjoy it. Please hit that follow button on the Spotify app if you're listening there, or hit that subscribe button on Apple iTunes. We're available everywhere podcasts can be downloaded and or listened to, so make sure you follow along. That way you never miss an episode. Uh, Coming up here in just a little bit, Sean Walker, a GFOP, a good friend of the podcast, had an interview with Josue Dominguez, or Josue Dominguez, excuse me, BYU star breaststroke swimmer, had already qualified for the 2020 Olympic Games in Japan for his native country in the Dominican Republic. We'll get to that part of that interview here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, I wanted to start off today talking a little BYU football uh Yesterday, a topic of conversation came up on social media. I know uh, some of the other media types, like Ben Criddle, discussed this. And essentially, uh, this offseason or over the past year and a half, BYU and the University of Utah have exchanged two transfers each in terms of two athletes from uh, one of the schools going to the other school. So, in the case of BYU, both Skylar Southam and most recently Devin Kafusi have announced their intentions to join the Utah football program and then convert. Firstly, two former Utah athletes have decided to transfer to BYU in Mo Unatoa, as well as Devontae Henry Cole, an offensive lineman and a running back, respectively. And the topic of conversation with this has been, is BYU, in essence, coming out ahead for the two-for-two swap? Uh, Speaking of the two players that were swapped between these programs, or the four players, I guess, that were swapped between these programs. On paper, I think you'd have a hard time arguing that BYU did not come out ahead because you're looking at two athletes 
athletes transferring from the University of Utah who were recruited to a Power 5 program who were, were at one time or another in the two deep at their respective positions at the University of Utah. Mo Unatoa, it's not uh, crazy to say right now, if Mo would have remained at the University of Utah, he's probably penciled in as a starter this season if he's not already a starter at either of the tackle spots for the University of Utah. At BYU, he's, he'll be battling for that right tackle or left tackle spot. I think that Brady Christensen's essentially got the left tackle spot on lockdown, so he probably would try and battle for that right tackle spot. But Mo Linato has got the ability to play, I think, every position, maybe outside of center along the offensive line. And that's a beneficial move for BYU. It only bolsters their depth, gives them a starting caliber offensive lineman who is becoming eligible this season. Devontae Henry Cole at one time was slated to be the starting running back for Utah, had his moments in a University of Utah uniform, and will be slated to probably be the starting running back for BYU in 2020, barring Lopini Katoa really breaking out, or a guy like Sione Fina making a very quick and miraculous recovery from ACL reconstructive surgery. So on paper, BYU got two starting caliber players going to suit up for the BYU Cougars. Going to the University of Utah, well, there's uh, two players, speaking of Devin Kafusi and Skylar Southam, who are long on potential, but short on production. And I don't mean to denigrate them. I, I have a great relationship with Devin Kafusi. It was great to have him on the podcast yesterday. But if you just look at it, he's produced a grand total of 15 tackles, one sack, I believe one quarterback hurry, and two pass breakups over 25 Five games played in two seasons for the BYU football program. That uh, doesn't scream a guy that you think is going to break out, but barring uh, barring some miraculous change uh, with the NCAA transfer rules, he's going to have a season this year to really get himself in shape and then uh, hopefully show what he can do to for the University of Utah in 2021. If those transfer rules do change and are retroactive to anybody during this offseason, he might be eligible right away, but it will be interesting to see how he does in terms of battling for playing time along Utah's defensive front. Also, Skylar Southam. He was an All-American five-star kicker in high school at Wasatch High School up there in Heber. When he got to BYU, he had a solid, albeit unspectacular, freshman campaign. And then Jake Oldroyd comes in this past season and supplants him as the starting place kicker. Uh, Southam was relegated essentially to kickoff duties, which he actually performed very, very well. He decided he wanted to find a better spot for himself and transferred to the University of Utah. And he will be facing off or competing with Jaden Redding, who had a pretty solid campaign in his own right for the University of Utah last year. So if you just look at it on paper, I think the BYU and Utah, the four-player swap here, and it's not we don't have trades in college football. This is transfer portal stuff. But you look at the two players going back and forth with four players overall switching places. On paper, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to say BYU did not come out the quote-unquote winner in this exchange between of these athletes. We'll see what happens. I wish nothing but the best for guys like Skylar Southman and Devin Kafusi. I think that the NCAA transfer portal is that is there to help student athletes take advantage of their future. You heard uh, Devin talk about yesterday the fact that he just wanted to find a better spot for himself. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he believed that the University of Utah was the spot for him to develop as a player and hopefully have a better finish to his career than it started out for him. 
we'll see. But I think that the topic of conversation on social media, I think it was absolutely worthy of having. I think BYU on paper right now is the winner in this four-player swap against their arch rival. But it ultimately will flesh out over the next couple, three seasons, two or three seasons as these players play out their eligibility, who ultimately won with regards to the swap of these players. And let's put it this way. There's no, they're not going to be the last to swap positions back and forth. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll switch gears. We're going to hop over to the Richards Building pool. Uh, Josue Dominguez, a, four, a BYU star athlete for the men's and women's swimming and diving program, owns most of the records in the breaststroke at, at BYU, has already qualified for the 2020 Olympic Games. He spoke with Sean Walker, a good friend of ours from KSL.com, about his disappointment of seeing the 2020 Olympic Games postponed to 2021, and as well as his decision that he had to make four years ago to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ and pass over an, pass over an Olympic opportunity in Rio de Janeiro in the 2016 Olympic Games. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, a new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network is a big one, and it's Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. You see the pun I put in there? Uh, Chad, of course, is the one of the foremost authorities on the NBA draft, spent years and years and years as the lead draft analyst for ESPN. He is now with the Locked On Podcast Network covering the NBA draft, getting you ready for that, also having great conversations with the biggest and brightest and uh, greatest minds when it comes to the NBA on this podcast. So I'd encourage you guys to check it out. And he does have a BYU connection as he is a professor at Brigham Young University, Hawaii, out there in Oahu, a member of the LDS faith. He's a guy who is bright, brilliant, and always has good thoughts. So check out the newest podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Download it anywhere you get your podcasts, especially the same essentially here as you do with Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. If you're a BYU fan who doesn't know the name Josue Dominguez, I think you're going to get to know him over the next year plus. You're probably wondering, okay, why? Well, here's the thing. Josue Dominguez is a native of the Dominican Republic, and he didn't play baseball growing up. He's actually a star swimmer for the BYU Men's and Women's Swimming and Diving Program. He is a proficient, if not a star, at the breaststroke. And if any of you have swam before and you've tried to learn the breaststroke, it's a difficult, difficult uh just stroke to master but he actually owns most of the records in the BYU record books for the breaststroke he qualified once upon a time for the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro ultimately passed it up to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Puebla, Mexico. Sean Walker, a good friend that's on this podcast quite often, had a chance to catch up with Josue, wanted to get to part of that conversation. So here you go, Sean Walker with BYU star swimmer Josue Dominguez about his Olympic dreams and them being delayed another year as he pursues his dreams of competing against the world's best in Tokyo, Japan. You have already qualified for the Olympics for your national team. Is yeah. that correct? Can you can you kind of walk me through, I guess, for those of us who don't know, the qualification process, how you qualified to represent the Dominican Republic, um, 
and maybe how excited you were to go to Tokyo and I guess maybe still are to go to Tokyo because they are just postponing these Olympics kind of thing. Yeah. So they have like, we have the, like to say that we're in international swimming federation. They save uh, uh, times for us to qualify. We have a B qualifying time and A qualifying time. So with the B qualifying time, it, it kind of lets the country decide whether they're taking this out, this swimmer or not. But with the A, A qualifying time, you have your ticket already, like for sure. So the one that I did in the last December was a B qualifying time. And it was like really, it, it, it was an amazing feeling when, when I did it. Like I was practicing really hard for it and I, I, I was swimming really well in the, during this season. And in my mind was like, yes, I, I can do it. I know I can do it. And I just like, um, went out of the block and like full of confidence and just like swimming the, as fast as I could. And I just, when I hit the wall and look back to see the, the board with the, the board with the times, I was like, man, I can't believe this. Like <laughs> I went that fast and I, I went like, I got out of the pool and just like tells my coach, hey, we did it. So it was like really, really good, good feeling. Was it a little bit more special for you because four years before you had to, you had to kind of pass on a potential Olympic berth um, in order to serve a mission for the church. Is that correct? Where you were, I don't know if you had formally qualified or not, but you were basically in line to go to the Olympics four years prior. Um, and you decided to serve a mission instead? Is that, is that correct? Am I messing up the story? Go ahead and correct me wherever. Okay, so that's basically correct. Um, back in 2014, at the end of the year, I, I did the B qualifying time for uh, the Olympics in 2016 and the A qualifying time for the Pan American Games. 2015 so and and i keep like at, at the beginning of the summer of 2015 i redid the times so basically like um i was like officially qualified with the v card for the olympics in 2016 and but since i like I started to think more like more seriously about the mission like when I was like my last year of high school that I was thinking like, okay, this is my last year of high school, like what am I gonna do after I graduate? Like what's gonna be next? And like I I knew that I was going to go on a mission, but the question here was when? Like I was going to go to the mission like after the Olympics or before the Olympics and just like skip 2016 and prepare for Tokyo 2020. So it was like that um, 
I think I, I'll say like that was the the hardest decision to make, like whether I was gonna do it like before the Olympics or um, after um, Rio in 2016. So after like a uh, a long time with talking with my parents and other other people, I decided to like that it was best for me to go and as soon as I could, instead of like waiting for after Rio 2016. And that's what I did. And um, again, Again, it was hard. Um, I needed I needed to go through knee surgery and that stuff. So it was kind of hard after my mission to like recover and get back in shape and be ready to qualify and everything. But I'll say it was a it was a nice journey to get like all the way to here to be able to qualify for the Olympics and preparing for that. Was there ever any part of you that regretted? maybe not not trying to go for the Rio Olympics um, and instead going on a mission? Did you regret any part of that decision or or not? No, no, I don't regret anything. I, I think my, my decision was good and everything I, I learned in my mission and all the things that happened there and it made sure that, it made sure to me that it was the right decision to make. So... I have no regrets of skipping Korea 2016. Well, and that kind of sets up everything else going forward because you go on a mission and then you come home, you enroll at, at BYU. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're going to swim for uh, a school that you've always wanted to go to um, here. And now you have another opportunity to go to the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. You have that qualified. Um, where were you when you found out that the games were being suspended at first indefinitely? And then I guess they, they pushed it to next summer. So, so summer of 2021, how did you kind of first find out that the games were being suspended and, and that whole process there? Uh, I don't remember if I was on campus or of my apartment, but like when I saw that the NCAA days were canceled, I was just like, um, going through like Facebooks and like all social media to like find out what the like, what were the news in the Olympics and they were like basically like updating every like every day. So um, when I found out the Olympics were postponed, it kind of felt like a relief because like of all these like uncertainty of like whether when the pool is going to be open and if there's going to be enough time to prepare and be ready for Olympics. And so that, that's what I said, like postponing the, the Olympic was the best, like the best choice, best idea they had. Because like, we don't know when this is going to, like things are going to get back to normal again. So I think like for me, it was like, okay, so they already made the decision. So now it's like, it's my, it's my time to like get ready, prepare and be the, like to be the best I can for the 2021 Olympics. Well, and even more so, I mean, this week the IOC came out and said that 
everybody who had already qualified, if you had your time and your standard in, in whatever event, they were going to let that carry over to 2021. Was that a, even more of a relief to know that all of that hard work that you put in over the last three to four years also won't go to waste, that, that you still have those times, you still have those standards, you still have those, those qualifications kind of thing? Was it even more of a relief? Um, so I basically, because I, I know I can go faster than what I did back in December. So, yeah. I, like, it was like, okay, I, I, it's like almost sure that I'm going. Like, it's still part of the Olympic committee of my country to decide whether I'm going or not. But I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm at times are like, I'm going to carry on, but I th- I know I can go faster, so I like it doesn't matter. There you go, Josue Dominguez. Hey, I'm wishing nothing but the best for this young man. It takes a lot of faith, a lot of gumption to say, you know what? I am going to forego an opportunity to go to the Olympic Games and go on a mission instead. But looks like he's going to make good on that in 2021 when these Olympic Games roll back around next summer. It is disappointing, obviously, to have your dreams ripped away from you and postponed for yet another year after you previously passed up an opportunity to compete against the world's best. But Josue Dominguez, he broke a 21-year-old BYU record the longest standing BYU swim record in the books with a time of 1 minute 55.97 seconds in the 200 yard breaststroke of the Missouri Invite he's currently the school record holder in the 100 yard breaststroke with a 52.90 second uh, time in that discipline he's he's already got the qualifying standard and the International Olympic Committee says that if athletes have already qualified for what would have been this year's Olympic Games those should carry over to 2021 so it looks like Josue Dominguez essentially has lost up his spot if the Dominican Republic decides to send him to Tokyo and we're looking forward to seeing what he can do next summer now as a member of the Dominican Republic's national team as they head to the Olympic Games there in Tokyo, Japan. But big thanks to Sean Walker, especially to Josue Dominguez for uh, joining us here on Locked on Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a second, uh, NCAA transfer target in men's basketball that might be coming from in-conference. has got BYU on his short list. We'll talk about that here in just a second before we do that though a reminder for you guys to use your smart devices to listen to this podcast i have to give you guys credit our podcast numbers and podcast numbers overall since the covid19 pandemic really shut down things they've taken a tumble there's no doubt about it i'm not gonna lie to you guys i'm not gonna say hey everything's hunky-dory over here it's been rough but in the last week over the past seven days we've seen an uptick in listens So I want to first off say thank you to all of you who have been listening to this podcast, working it into your new daily routine if you're working from home, etc. I want to thank you guys for doing that. And also right now, if you are an advertiser that's looking for an opportunity to advertise, well, guess what? Right now for local advertisers here on the Locked on Cougars podcast, we're offering half price rates for advertising this month. So give us a get in contact with us. You can text advertising to 33777 or go to lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising or one other option just email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com or reach out via social media be happy to get you in contact with our sales team and get you on your way to success with those greatly reduced rates here on the podcast and the additional benefit of that is that we're currently um, giving 10% of all of our advertising budgets to charities that are on the front lines battling this COVID-19 pandemic so your money's going to good use regardless 
card list, and we'd love to have you guys on board with us here on Locked On Cougars. And then one other note for you, kind of before I, I get to this BYU basketball conversation. As a reminder for you guys, use your smart devices. Tell them, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast. That way you never miss an episode each and every day. Follow along on your individual podcast provider. That way you never miss a daily episode. But use your smart devices to make sure you stay up to date with all the BYU sports news you need to know about. And we will make sure that you are the smartest BYU fan in the room. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it's been a tough go for the BYU basketball program in terms of securing graduate transfer commitments so far for Mark Pope and company. There's still plenty of time for them to find the right guy that'll fit this system or a couple of guys that can fit the system and join the BYU basketball program. But one that might be coming from in-conference, and he's got BYU on a short list, is University of San Francisco guard Charles Minlin Jr. Uh, Six-foot-four guard, he's got great size. Any of you who have watched USL over the past couple of seasons, Minlin's been nothing if not spectacular for the Dons. He's a two-time All-WCC second team honoree, averaged 14.5 points, shooting 41.6% from the field. His free th- his three-point shooting excuse me, could use some work as well as his free throw shooting. Uh, three-point shooting 29.5% while free throw shooting 66.7%. So both of those numbers, you'd like to see an uptick in those. But maybe in the right system, you do see that uptick. He'll be a graduate transfer and he's got a seven uh, team list apparently as his short list of where he might go and that includes the Brigham Young University basketball program uh I think BYU is going to have their work cut out for him to land the commitment from a guy like Minland. He's got Arizona on that list, Arkansas, Butler, Gonzaga, another intra-conference foe, Indiana, and Mississippi State. So we're talking some of the biggest Power 5 teams, high major teams, one of the best teams in the country, and Gonzaga that's inside the conference who has interest in him. So BYU will have their work cut out for them, but the good news is, is BYU is on the short list currently for Charles Minland, and hopefully it works out because Terrell Gomez, a guy I mentioned on the podcast earlier this week on our Twitter Tuesday has committed to San Diego State. Uh, a lot of the prospects that you thought BYU might have an opportunity at, a lot of them are committing elsewhere. It's going to be interesting to see what Mark Pope and his staff do, but I can tell you guys this much. Don't fret the fact that BYU is not winning currently and equate that with, well, they're just not working hard enough. I can guarantee you Mark Pope and his staff, they are busting their humps trying to find the right guy to fit this program, and I wish them nothing but the best. I just wanted to provide an update for you guys before we got out of here on today's podcast. And Charles Minland Jr. is a guy to keep an eye on. He's got BYU on that short list, but the competition for his services looks like it's going to be extremely tough for BYU. But here's hoping, fingers crossed, that they can land a guy like this. I think he'd be a great addition for BYU and really help bolster their wing positions going into 2020. Look, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. That'll wrap up the week here on Locked on Cougars. Next week, you probably heard some of the promos and the opens for this week. Uh, we are going to talk about the 1984 National Championship football team for the BYU. 
BYU football program. I've lined up some A-list celebrity guests in terms of BYU uh, coaches and players who will be joining us on next week's podcast. Guys like Jim Herman, Norm Chow, Robbie Bosco, etc. They're all going to hear them throughout the week next week as we talk about and get their thoughts on the 1984 National Championship team. So get excited. It should be a fun week ahead here on Locked On Cougars. I want to thank you guys for your continued support as always. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And if you'd like to drop the show a note via email anytime, once again, that email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Have a great weekend. Hopefully the weather wherever you guys listen in from is great. Some rain expected here along the Wasatch Front over the weekend. But regardless, enjoy it. Uh, hopefully you guys are all doing well. Regardless of your current situation, I hope you all are well. And if you guys have any questions, concerns, or comments, feel free to reach out anytime. We are here for you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on a Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 10th, 2020. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.